Good morning, everybody. Great day today. Uh, the things we're hearing from the company on growth. Uh, for those of you that don't know or you're new to the call today, Equus had the biggest week they've ever had this past week. And uh, I'll share a little more later on how that uh, impacts what you do, what we do, and everything else. But this morning, I wanted to deal with something that is, I think, I'm running into a lot of agents saying, I'm, I'm getting the appointments, I'm setting the appointments, I'm seeing the people, but something's not quite right in the presentation. I connect with people, things go great, and when I get to the end, it just kind of turns, kind of goes south. And what I wanted to do today is give you some tools to use that will make a difference in that. And the topic is learning how to make statements by asking a question. Well, now, the first question I'd want to know is, well, Dick, what's the difference in making a statement to educate people versus asking a question to make that same statement? Well, when we make the statement, that requires no action on behalf of the client. They just sit there like a bump on a log and take it all in. And you come across as a salesperson because you're not investigating what their needs are. See, we need to find out what the need of the client is. Uh, this morning we were talking to one of the booksellers before they hit the street, and one of the guys was telling us, he said, when I sit down with people, uh, they're selling books, for educational books for, for young kids door to door. And he said, when I sit down with the mom and the children there, he said, one of the first things I say is I look at the child or the children and I say, well, using will you use these learning sources if your mother buys them for you? Will you use this to better help yourself if your mother spends the money for it? And uh, then he explains to him why he asked the question because he says, if the answer is no, then I'm leaving because I'm not going to sell your mother something that's not good for you that you're not going to use. If the answer is yes, you need to tell your mother right now. And that breaks the ice down so much with the mother because she realizes the only reason that he is there is to help her children. It's not to make a sale. And he said, I walk out of several homes a day because the kids say they won't use them. And that word kind of spreads through the community as well because these mothers are talking to each other because they've got nothing else to do. So he's doing the investigation that's important and uh, because that investigation shows our concern and our care for the client you know um, incidentally the young man that's doing that this year he has sold three times as much volume in books by using that investigative approach versus just in there telling them what the books do so uh, it does make a difference. Now, I wanted to go over something with you today. Say, for example, because, you know, if you're working Internet leads or somebody has been to the house before or they've talked to someone, a lot of times we'll go into the house and the client will say, well, just give me a quote for 250000 of a 20-year term. And you give them a price because that's what they want. I hear that all the time. Well, Dick, that's what they said they wanted people don't really know what they need. It's not what they want, it's what they need that matters. And it's our job to find out what that need is. But say you give them a quote for a quarter of a million dollars for 20 years and say you're 3 to $10 higher per month than the other quote they have. Well, what are you going to hear in that situation? Well, they want to think about it. Now, why are they thinking about it? So they can find 
a lower price than the one they've got. But let's say you give them the price and you are 3 to $10 lower than what they already have. What are you going to hear? i got to think about it. Why is that? Because they're going to try to find a lower price somewhere else. Nobody is calling them to action. And that's the key to what we do. That's why when Dick Sylvester is in the field, if they qualify for a return of premium, I always, and I emphasize always, show them non-money back and money back. Uh, if they qualify for a 30-year term, I always show them 15, 20, and 30, and on page two, 30-year return of premium. Well, Dick, why do you do that? Because what I'm trying to do is take price off the table. I'm trying to get them thinking about which one of these am I going to do instead of whether I'm going to do it. And I do that through options and questions. And that's why I think a lot of people are having that struggle right now because they're not doing that part of it. Um, as a salesperson who wants to help the client, we should ask a series of questions. Now, I'm going to give you some of the ones I use, but I want people, the purpose in today's call is not to take everything that Dick does and write it down and do it the same way. The whole purpose of this is is to get everybody's mindset thinking a little bit different, you know, um, all right, so what's the purpose? Somebody tells me they want 250000 of life insurance. Well, John and Mary, let me ask you something. What, what's the purpose in having this insurance? Well, I want to make sure my wife can pay off the mortgage. I want you all to think through this with me. Uh, you know quite a bit about life insurance now because you've been studying it. You just got a license or you've been selling it for a while. So you take for granted a lot of things. But let's say you want to go out. You've been married 20 years and you want to buy your wife a new diamond, or your car is about to go and you need a car, but you're not sure. Think cars have changed so much in the last few years, you know, hybrids and all this crazy stuff. You really don't know much about it. So th walk through this with me. You don't know much, but what do you need to know in order to make a decision? You know, well, the client feels the same way, guys. They don't know about insurance. They don't know about money back. They don't know about living benefits. They don't know any of this stuff. And if they hear the term, they don't know what it means. So it's our job, you know, to, to peel the onion back a little bit to try to find out what the need is. The desire is a price. The need is coverage. And there's a big difference there. So for one of the first questions I would ask in that situation, okay, you want to make sure – you pay the mortgage off so your wife has a place to stay, and you ask for a 20-year term. Um, is this a starter home, or do you think you guys are going to be in this home forever? Well, not forever, but for quite a while, maybe 15 or 18 years. Yeah, probably somewhere in that range. Then what? Okay, 15 years from now, you move. Where are we going? Well, we're probably going to have another house. Well, will you have a mortgage on that home, are you going to pay cash for it? Because a lot of times people will have a mortgage just for the interest deduction on, on the uh, income tax. Well, we're probably going to have a mortgage. All right. Now, the statement could be, well, you need a 30-year term, so this coverage will cover your next home as well as this one. That's the statement. Okay, And that's a good statement. But there's no call to action with that. 
they just know, yeah, they ought to have a 30-year term, but so what? They're not planning on thinking that far down the road anyway. Versus the question, this is a question, all right? We'll have a mortgage and say we're dealing with a 35-year-old. Do you expect that your health will be a good in 20 years as it is now today? Well, probably not. Well, do you think insurance, you're 35 now, if we do a 20-year term, do you think insurance on a 55-year-old might be just a little more expensive and worse yet, you may not qualify for it to have coverage for the next house? Okay, so the question is, if you could get coverage based on your age and health today that would cover both mortgages now and later, would that make sense to try to get something in place now? See, that's a call to action, to step it up to a 30-year term and get it covered for both. And then a, a good statement here is, and we'll follow it up with a question in a moment, you know, a lot of people in your situation will get a plan that refunds all their premium back to them at the end of 30 years. Now, they're planning on not dying, well, most of the people we talk to are planning on not dying, and they're planning on using that refund to pay off their next mortgage, and many times they can pay it off five years early. If their next mortgage payment is 2000 a month and they could skip the last five years of payment, that's 60 payments at 2000 a month, they could save $120,000 in interest on their next mortgage by having insurance today. Now, what are we doing here, guys? We're starting to whittle away and getting price off the table because now it's not a question about price, but it's whether should we do the 30 or the 20 and cover both mortgages or should we do uh, a return of premium and use it as a leverage to pay off our next mortgage early and save money so we're getting away from what the price is and you're also showing options that deal with your level of care for them and these are some of the things that you do now you know one of the questions you might say is would it make sense if you could qualify for the same coverage now while you're young and healthier and take care of these other two issues too covering most mortgages and or maybe getting your money back and paying that next mortgage off early. See, these questions, they now have to be engaged because you're not letting them sit there like a bump on a log and feed them all this information. You're engaging them and you're putting in a, in a position that you have a call to action. Now, the question for you all on the call today is this. Do you see how a series of questions versus telling them what your policy cost and will do for them makes a difference. See, the questions engage the client and then make the, they have to deal with the elephant in the room. You might die. You may not get coverage in, thir- in 20 years for the next mortgage, and you may not qualify for return of premium. See, all these things lead to them being forced to make it. Does that mean you're going to sell everybody? No, but you've got a whole lot better chance to look at that. Now, let's look at the same process when it comes to recruiting. You know, we want to tell a possible recruiter or hire about our leads, how much money they can make, how we live a life of significance with every client, and is any of that important? Of course it is. 
but how can we do the same thing through questions that make statements for us to create a call to action for them? See, in selling a new career, um, one of the questions you might have asked is, do you all have experience or is selling going to be a new career for you? Oh, I've been selling all my life. You know, income-wise, what's been your best or highest income a year since you've been selling? $50,000 a year. Here's where the question comes in that calls to action. What do you think kept you from making 100000 a year? The majority of our full-time agents make 100 plus a year. What kept you from making 100000 on your old job? Wow. See, that's a call to action. Now they're saying, well, I, you know, and, and you're going to hear a lot of things. You know, it was my boss. It, I didn't have enough prospects, uh, the market conditions, competition, or whatever. Um, but say it was I didn't have enough people to talk to. Well, I'm not going to stop there. Well, would a lead program at your other job have made a difference for you? If they would have had a system where you would have had 10 to 20 people a week to talk to every week, would that made a difference in your performance at that other job? Well, they did have some leads, but they were all old and four or five other people had already talked to them, and they weren't interested. Well, now they had an event that triggered them sending that lead back, whether it's your old company or us. They wanted to buy something. Do you think maybe a proper, proper training on how to make those leads work for you would have made a difference? See, what are we trying to do? Separate ourselves through asking these questions, and these are things they have to deal with. See, another approach to this, and again, I'm not trying to give you all the questions. I'm trying to change how you think here. Another approach might be talking about the big picture when you're trying to hire somebody. You're considering your career change. Is it because your current income because of your current income, or are you a lot like other people? You're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Well, yes, it's both of those. And uh, if you ask that question about being sick and tired of sick and tired, guys, if you'll just shut up, they will sell you on why they want to leave their job. They will tell you everything wrong with where they're at. You then can take that same information and plug it into what we have. Just stop and think about it. What we have is a pretty sweet deal, okay? Um, another question is, do you feel like you're being paid what you're worth? I mean, after all, you do work a lot of hours based on what you're telling me. I interviewed a guy last night, been in the car business for 27 years, 23 years. He is sick and tired of being sick and tired. He said, I have missed my kids growing up. And he said, when grandkids start coming, I don't want to miss that. Does he make good money? Yes, probably a cup, two and a half or 300000 a year. But he sat and told me why he's so miserable at his current job. I asked him, I says, well, are you between jobs now? He said, what kind of? I said, what are you doing? He said, help a friend start a car lot. I laughed. I said, you jumped out of the frying pan right in the fire. You know, and after they tell you about all the bad things about what they've got, uh, you follow up with a question, well, how do you feel about that? Because now they're starting to get into the emotional side of why they want to leave. The logic makes no sense. They're making a quarter of a million dollars a year. Why would you walk away from that? But when you ask, how do you feel about that, now the emotional start side starts kicking in, and that's what's going to get them to leave the job they have. 
Um, let me ask you this. Now, this would be the way I would approach a higher earner person. If you were given an opportunity to participate in a program that would allow you to retire in three to five years from now with, with a sizable one-time buyout and a multiple six-figure income after the buyout, would that be important to you? Well, that's probably going to prompt another question. They're going to ask you more details of what you're doing. And we're going to talk a little bit about that buyout today so that you've got a better understanding of how of it. See, everybody on this call today, you have got a shot at the buyout that Integrity is offering. But guys, time is of the essence. This is, a, this is truly a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You say, well, but Dick, I don't know about that. Well, let me ask you something. Most everybody on this phone has been around 20-plus years. Have you ever heard of such a business opportunity like this in your career, no matter what you're coming from? If you were in the corporate world, you know, 35 years, and you get a gold watch and maybe a pension, but have any of you ever had a job where at least there was an opportunity for this? Now, we know everybody's not going to qualify for it, but have you ever known of an opportunity like this anywhere? No, we haven't. And, and you know, you're getting more and more information as we go along about this, but see, getting your net income up to 500000 a year has the potential for a 25 to $3 million buyout price up front and a $200,000 income in stock in the company. Now, the value of the stock has doubled since November. And frankly, I really don't know much about the stock option, how that works. Um, I don't know how much you get. I, I don't know. But my point is, even without the stock option, I'm interested in that, guys. I'm interested in trying to figure out. I'm going to give you a blueprint on how to get there in just a minute. But um, those who have been bought out that have been exposed to how the stock works, they think they think they're going to be – pretty well off through the buyout, but they think the stock option is going to make them wealthy. So again, I don't know much about that, but I'm all in just for the two and a half to three million buyout and $200,000 salary for a while. So it's time, my, my point is, it's time to get to work. But Dick, I don't have leads in my city. You own your own business, figure out a way to say, see and sell you know, some other insurance. Maybe it's going to be the old way. You know, tell your story five times a day. You can't help but be successful. Uh, Facebook, just figure it out, you know. Now, we're going to talk about in just a moment the employee mindset versus the CEO mindset. And if you've got an employee mindset on the call today, which most of us probably do because we're thinking about next week's grocery bill or paying the rent or the mortgage next month, you know, so you have that creeping back in there. But let's start thinking like a, C a CEO. Guys, there's too much on the line to continue thinking like an employee. Let me give you an idea of what I'm talking about. The equity bonus. Let's say you're issuing, you get your situation up to the point that you're issuing $10,000 uh, a week in, or a, a month in premium. And you've got yourself... Uh, $10,000 a month uh, or five agents doing $10,000 a month uh, in premium. There's your $50,000 a month to get you to RM. That's the first step in this process. Now, 
if you can get to the point that you have 10 agents doing $5,000 a week in issue paid business and you're doing $5,000 a week in business, guys, that qualifies you in that $200,000 a month of paid business, you qualify for equity bonus. Let me go back over that. If you can find 10 agents that issue pay $5,000 a week, that's $50,000 a week in premium, and you do the same thing, why do you have to continue doing that? Well, agents take time off all the time and you need a spare. So you, you're, you're continuing to do that. Um, looking at the numbers on that, that's over $400,000 a year in income for the RM. Once you get to that point, do you think you might find five more agents that could get you to the point that you can do um, uh, to exceed that $500,000 a year in income? So my point on this is, is we don't have to hire the world if we just sit down excuse me, just sit down and focus on what's necessary to get there. It gives us a target to shoot at. And guys, we're all battling the same thing. We're trying to figure it out. But um, by the way, let's assume you do what I just described here. You get your 10 agents issuing paying $5,000 a week, and you don't qualify. You don't quite ever get to the buyout amount. But you do that for 10 years, I don't see how you can do it for 10 years and not qualify, but let's say you don't. But for 10 years, your equity bonus, you save. You don't spend a penny of it. Now, the equity bonus probably in two years is going to be in the neighborhood of 25000 a month or more. So averaging over the next 10 years, you get that $25,000 a month equity bonus. That's all. And you save all of it. Guys, that's $2.5 million dollars that you have set your own retirement up in 10 years. See, now's the time to take for each of you on the call today to figure out what it's going to take to earn after all expenses to get that half million dollar year income. And for those that want to participate in the buyout, start thinking like a CEO and not thinking like an employee. You know, Connie mentioned when the call started about the text alerts, I'm getting too many calls for help in the home during the national calls. And whatever you need to do, get with her, get on that texting list, put on your calendar, 11 o'clock on Friday, 11 o'clock on Monday, and 10 o'clock on Tuesday. And you, when anybody wants to see you, then you're booked. You know, Jared Hamilton did a phenomenal job yesterday. Went to a restaurant, started talking to the waitress, and... Um, He's thinking like a CEO. He's not thinking like an employee. He's thinking like now he's got a, an opportunity to go back and talk to other people at the restaurant. This is what it's going to take. See, an employee, guys, think about this for a second. An employee at Equus will never participate in the buyout until they change their mindset and start thinking like CEO. You know, Dick, a lot of times an agent will say to me, well, I, uh, I just listened to the recording. Can you explain on the phone why it's important to catch it the first time around? Because it's true. It is true. They can listen to the recording. Well, first off, if a person listens to the recording, they don't think it's important. So they go into with a mindset that this is something I got to do instead of something that's going to make me better. It's like reading a book. You know, you can read a book 
that you're holding in your hand or you can read it on a tablet and your comprehension on the tablet is much less mm-hmm. than it is reading the book. Right, and, and uh, when you commit to setting that time aside um, and scheduling that so that every Monday at 11 and every Friday at 11, your alarm is going off on your phone, obviously five minutes ahead, but um, you get my drift. Um, you know, you have made the commitment that it is important. So while, you know, the recording is great for those times that we just can't, you know, something is, you know, taken that time slot that can't be changed. And there are those times. I mean, let's face it, uh, you know, kid falls down, got to run to the emergency room. We understand all those things. We've had all those things happen, okay? But for the most part, I guess my question would be is if I looked at your phone, would your alarm be set to make certain that you're listening Monday and Friday? Because, you know, ours are, and it's important, and that's what we do. Well, when you're listening to it live, if you place more importance on it, you're going to get more out of it. But the thing of it is when you hear the passion in, in Barry's heart about wanting everyone on our call here today to participate in the buyout, guys, he's serious about that. You know, um, as I was working on putting the, the call together today, I was reminded of a story that Zig Ziglar tells that really goes to the heart of what we're talking about here. And uh, it was about two guys who started working on the railroad the same day. And a few years later, the president of the railroad company uh, rolled up to this work crew in his presidential car. He got out and hollered, hey, Bill, come on over here, and called him off of the, the work crews. They went in sat in the car for half an hour in the boiling sun and in the south in the summer and had a lemonade, talked, and when they were finished, he went back out to the, the labor crew, and everyone wanted to know, well, how did you know the president of the company? And he said, well, we start, We hired on the railroad the same day. And the, the guy, well, why is he present and you're still out here working? And the worker said, well, guys, it's easy. I went to work for a paycheck, and he went to work for the railroad. And I wonder how many people here on our call today and at Equus are going to work every week for a paycheck instead of starting to think like CEOs. Mm-hmm. And see – We've got a lot of people in our industry working for paychecks. In fact, in most companies or most IMOs, that's okay because, guys, that's all there is. There's no hope for much more. Now, the good news is they can make a lot of money. So that's, that's some hope. But that's not the case at Equus. Because of integrity and our equity bonus, you guys have had something laid out before you. Now, the fish is not going to jump in the boat. But you have had an opportunity to lay it out before you that, you know, if you never qualify for the, for the buyout here, you still have hope of, of developing a tremendous retirement program through the equity bonus. So, you know, there's so much more hope here than anywhere else in the industry and probably anywhere else in the country. In the next 10 years, you can do one of, two th- one of three things. You can work like an employee make a good living, you can create your own retirement through the equity bonus, you know, twenty, $25,000 a month for the next 10 years is a pretty good deal, or you can really start thinking in terms of how can I draw out a plan? If you need help with that, call me. How can I draw out a plan that I can qualify for this buyout with, with integrity? 
Yeah, so let's talk just for a minute on those first steps because there are quite a few people on the call today who are still in their Ignite period. So, and we commit that first 45 days to you. So the first step is Ignite because that's how you, uh, you know, you establish uh, continuity and pretty much a fast start. After that, you know, there's also a lot of people on this call that are past Ignite. They didn't earn it. And now they're thinking, okay, now what I do? Well, that next step is sales manager, okay? 12000 issue paid for you and two other people. Only one month, okay? It's not even two or three. It's just the one month, and you immediately go from 78 to 80%. Um, what's after that? District manager, then regional manager. You know, guys, it is a little bit of a matter of baby steps, okay? Along the way, you become an elite producer. We've got a, a couple of elite producers on the line today. The, you know, the good feeling, uh, the the confidence that it builds to walk across that stage and get the ring, get the uh, recognition of the income. All these things uh, validate that this works. You know, um, I'll never forget when Dick, <laughs> Dick got his income ring, I don't know, 91 or 2, I don't remember, but um, our oldest son was there to see it. And it's a memory Dick still talks about. And okay? they talk about it. And, and they talk. So, so there are milestones along the way to make it happen, and he, we're here to help that happen.